Welcome to the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picturebook Films. Here, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs and business owners from across Sussex, delving into the mindsets of what makes them really tick. Welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. My guest today has had a successful career as a pioneering entrepreneurial pharmacist for over, over 40 years. He founded Ashton's Late Night Pharmacy before going on to start Ashton's Hospital Pharmacy Services, which he exited via management buyout in March 2020. At the time of the sale, the business was responsible for providing pharmacy services to 70% of independent mental health hospitals in the UK. During his career, he has also pioneered the late night pharmacy concept from Ashton's in Seven Dials, was awarded the Millennium Award for Innovation by Tony Blair for his development of easy to use blister pack for patients and he was the first to bring the US style closed shop pharmacies to the UK. He's also developed and launched a successful medicine management and e-prescribing software that puts his former business at the forefront of the medtech revolution. Since exiting the business, he continues to seek opportunities in the local business community. I'm delighted today to be welcomed Lawrence Spray to the podcast. Lawrence, welcome. Thank you very much. Good, afternoon. Good morning. Listen, great, great to have you here. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, look, as always, we're just going to delve straight into the podcast. Um, just want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and the, the business journey, where it all started. Where did it all start? Well, um, I'm a pharmacist by profession. I was a pharmacist. I'm not anymore, but um, I qualified as a pharmacist at, in Brighton in uh, 1973 to 76. And um, I, all, I did pharmacy because I wanted to combine a profession with a business. I always wanted to be in business since I was very young, but it was obviously what business would I do? Yeah. And um, so my first business was a pharmacy in Port Slade called SF George Limited. Uh, and then I moved on to Ashton's. Right. So it started in Brighton yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the, in the seven, uh, early 19, late 70s, yeah. Wow, okay. okay. And, and obviously, so you studied pharmacy at university, um, but what, like that entrepreneurial spirit you said, you just said <coughs> then that you, that's, you'd always sort of wanted to run your own business. Where, where does that, that entrepreneurial spirit come from? I don't know where it comes from, but um, I come from a, I was brought up in North London, uh, Southgate, Winchmore Hill, around there, yeah. and uh, my father was in business uh, for many years, but it's on a smaller scale, uh, but I had um, very many successful uncles and relations who were all in the business, various businesses, and my uncle, one of my uncles was a pharmacist, and he was open the first late night pharmacy in London, um, I can't, it must be 50, 60 years ago. In, you can, in those days, nothing was open past five o'clock. Right. People closed for lunch. Yeah, yeah. You know, people closed <laughs> on Saturday afternoons and Sundays. So to find a pharmacy open in the centre of London on a Saturday night was, you know, it was, it was queuing around the block. Mm. And I saw him and I thought, mm, I wouldn't mind doing that. And so that's what gave me the, one of the ideas of doing pharmacy and running it as a business as well. Right. And so I guess... Be like you say, I suppose being exposed to that at a young age, be it mm. like, like you say, many family members, obviously your dad as well, maybe not mm. the sort of level you have, but just being around that sort of entrepreneurial, entrepreneurialism and, and business I, owners. It, I was always um, entrepreneurial as a kid. I don't know where it's yeah. come from. It comes from the family. Yeah. There's always an influence that yeah, influences you, but I always wanted to 
do my own business. I didn't. I wasn't interested in working for the corporate world. Yeah. Although I trained with Boots, I couldn't wait to get out the door. Yeah. And um, I, I was happy to. I wasn't. You know, I did not want to work hard for them. I wanted to work hard for myself. And that's one thing. Um, entrepreneurs, they say, are, are, are born. They're not made. I, I read that somewhere recently. Yeah. I think it's true. I, as a young age, when I was 12, 13, uh, one of my neighbours used to manufacture ties uh, for Marks and Spencers, yeah. and I used to buy the rejects off him and sell them. <laughs> I used to have a car cleaning business. I thought, actually, for one, I used to clean cars on a Sunday or, a Sunday or Saturday. I made more money than I had friends who worked all week. And so, yeah. so, you know, do that. So I like the tie business. I used to sell, I used to do really well selling uh, reject ties. <laughs> it's, I love stories like that. With yeah. People from, like you say, from our, I guess, because I sort of look back at some of the things I've done, little bits and pieces in, in, mm. in around school. And like you said, even little jobs you had, I always, I would, oh, <coughs> never, never shy of work. Always, I was always happy to work, go out there and graph because I'd want to get the pound note in front of the next person. If yep. just to, Absolutely. And, and I think, and I guess that, that sort of work effort, I, I guess, like, just having that from a young age and that obviously holds you in good stead for running your own business because that's that can be tough and and obviously you've got to put the hours in and sacrifice mm. and stuff over the years but um i want to chat about obviously running and, and the ground of businesses you have of sort of over 35 years you you'd have been through obviously like many ups and downs but can you tell me about some of the toughest times and what, what sort of challenges you faced and, you know, any failures and what your sort of relationship like with failure and what, what that looks like? First of all, I was never afraid to fail. Didn't worry me. Didn't, I yeah. didn't lose sleep over it. Yeah. When, you, when you say what was the biggest challenges, I read a book recently um, recommended by my youngest son, Josh, called The, the Shoe Dog. It's a story of um, the guy who founded Nike. Yeah. And his biggest issue was cash. He couldn't borrow money. They would not give him money. Yeah. And I suppose one of my biggest problems was um, was money, really, with cash. Yeah. Um, you know, it was hard to raise money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes you lay awake at night maybe thinking, how can I pay the tax bill? How yeah. can I pay this? And that was really the balancing yeah, of, sure. you know, we, we never really had enough cash. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons we didn't have enough cash was probably my own fault because, you know, I used to take maybe take too much out. Yeah. And sometimes so that's that, that balance. Yeah, sure, sure. So sure. of actually, you know, the, if you don't take it, I know I have people I know run businesses, take, you know, don't pay themselves any money yeah. and they have a lot of money in the bank. Yeah. Um, always the other way around. I sort of like to take the money out if I could properly. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes it might leave the business a bit short on cash. Yeah. So it was always a fine balance and an interesting discussion with the bank. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I find that, I mean, because failures something <coughs> I, 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 I sort of talk about a lot on here. And I think as entrepreneurs, as business owners, generally, like, You've got to have a little bit of a fear, no fear of failure, because you've got. Otherwise, you don't take risks. I guess like I, I learned a lot. I, I think we, me and you, sort of spoke briefly offline and stuff about. It. Obviously, I had a, a salon that didn't work out. That, that failed. I learned, but learned so much from that. Didn't stop me from immediately mm. wanting to go out and start another business or be involved in. Just because ultimately, I guess. It's, I look at life as an opportunity, and you know, anything that you do, it's mm. a, it's a, that is an experience. Whatever that looks like, if it's successful, great. If it's not, and you just learn from that and mm. try and not make them mistakes. So I find that really interesting about just right from the start, like from the first point of it, Gan, not fear, 
I've not got. You can't. I was never afraid uh, of failure. It didn't worry me. Yeah. I don't say I wanted to fail. Don't oh, get me no, wrong. I didn't no, want to no. fail, but you know, as long as you you know you learn from failures. Yeah. If you haven't failed, you won't win. Yeah. You've got to fail. And in business, you can't win all the time. Yeah. You try. I had lots of different things I was doing in business. Some of them worked. Some of them didn't. Yeah. The thing is, knowing actually, know that that's not working. Let's, do, let's not do that anymore. And I think the other key word in business that I learned later on was focus. Focus on what you're good at. Yeah, sure. Don't try. You Sometimes you look. I look at a, a van driving around Brighton and you get this guy says he does everything. I do the electrics, I do the plumbing. Actually, they don't. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't. They don't do everything. You want people who, who, who specialise. And that's what we, in the end, when it became very successful with the hospital business, yeah. um, it's because we just focused on that mental health, as you said in the opening yeah, sure, introduction. Sure. It, you know, we focused on mental health and we became very good at it. Yeah. And people came to us. And 70% of the independent mental health hospitals used us. There was a reason for that, because yeah, we were yeah. good. Amazing. And we, and we were, the, you know, you, you don't go to the uh, plumber for a toothache, do you? You go to, <laughs> yeah. de- you go to the dentist. And, yeah, yeah, sure. and that's what we did. We focused on what we were good at, and we became better and better and better. Right. And how, just so you said about, obviously, with your kids and stuff, how, do, you, uh, do you allow them to fail? Do you encourage them to fail? Do you, uh, what, what is their, how are you with them as a as a, as a parent <laughs> <laughs> um they all worked hard at school yeah. and they've all done okay mm. um i uh i'm uh, careful i'm choosing my words very carefully here because <laughs> it's going to be broadcast but you know they've all they've all come from a uh, a very comfortable background but i don't think it makes them as hungry as I was, yeah, sure, you know, and that's the thing. I'll, I'll sort of leave it at that. Yeah, me? sure, sure. Because I guess that that that's the thing. It's similar that that hunger that you've got as a as a. But was, it, was that hunger for you? Was that about? Was that money motivated, or was it just that you wanted to? Like, I'm, I'm going to run a. I just want to run a successful business. And mm. what was the main driver for you as a, as a um, entrepreneur? When I was at school, 12, 13, 14, um, when I was doing, you know, I don't think I've told this story. I was obviously thinking about the questions you might ask me yeah. for this interview. I thought about uh, what you might ask, and I thought, where did it start? And it actually started in the school assembly. So when the the school assembly, thousands of people in the school assembly, yeah. and we're all saying the school prayer, I quite often would say a prayer to myself that I wanted to be healthy, yeah. successful, and wealthy. Yeah. You know, you know, nearly every day, and I wanted yes, I wanted. Uh, to be healthy, I wanted to be successful for sure, yeah. and I wanted to be wealthy. Wow, and that, and that and that sense of, I guess, like you say, that's interesting that you that, like that affirmation, like saying that to yourself mm. on a daily basis, and because then, because ultimately, one thing I, I think I've learned, certainly from the people I've spoke to on the podcast, and I guess me and my journey over the last sort of twelve years of running in businesses, is that ultimately that self belief that you do believe in yourself above all things that you're going to achieve mm. that success. I don't think you ever really believe it, really. Um, it, w- it was, um, you, know, you know, I wasn't, I didn't think I was successful. It was only actually when, when I eventually made the exit, I thought, oh, my, and they, and they, you know, said, when they made a little speech, when we signed the deal, I thought, actually, maybe not too bad. <laughs> but I never looked at myself as being successful or whatever. I was just trying to stay That's humble and down to earth and, you know, and to you know, uh, have a sort of down to down to earth approach to what we were doing. That's, that's really interesting because I guess then because over that period, like you said, you've 
you've, you've got to you've got to a point where you've sold your business and you know for for for, for good money <coughs> made, you know, made, made really good money so you've, you, that would i guess other people would look at that as well and go how successful you've been but you're saying over that period like 30 odd 40 years of running that during that time you you wouldn't even as the business grew and you got more money and you wouldn't deem yourself as su- successful. Because I always always somebody doing better than you, isn't there? Yeah, if you look yeah, around, yeah. there's always somebody with a bigger car or yeah. a bigger house. So I never thought to myself, as you know, I was always pushing for more. Yeah. And that's, um, in your head, did you have a vision? Like, was it always that I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this business and, um, you know, and I'm going to get it to a point and I'm going to sell it and I'm going to make lots no, of money? No, I didn't, no. What? Um, I loved running my business and the businesses are, you know, the thing with the businesses, you've got to remember one thing, it changes, it's a very dynamic process and you can't do the same thing each year, year out. You've got to keep changing and evolving. And so I thought to myself, oh yeah, well, you know, I had a late night pharmacy. And when I opened my late night pharmacy, when I, or first of all, it was 1984, I was, you know, I was, I was shocked really how successful it was because sometimes like these times when there was a flu epidemic, there'd be queues around the block at the Seven Dials, Brighton. Yeah, sure, sure. And so um, we were open to 10 o'clock and people were rushing at 10 to 10, panicking, oh, we need the cowpaw for the kids, we need yeah. whatever it may be. Um, we were the only person, we were nearly one of the only pharmacies open in the south of England. So people came from all over the place. Wow. Now, of course, as time went on, everyone's open late. Every man and their dog <laughs> is open to all hours, you know. Yeah, sure. And so that business changed. And so I started to look for something else. I... You know, eventually the the business wasn't as well. So business, I find, are very dynamic. They're changing all the time. You get got to keep changing mm. on a very regular basis to to keep adjusting to the market. Sure. And I guess, like you say, you you've got to be open to that. Like you can't yeah. be single minded. Go, well, this is my business, and this because how many how many business people are like that? Or they've got I've got this business. It's been really successful to this stage, and then competitors coming. Well, I guess the the like you look at things like blockbuster <laughs> yeah. videos stuff like that well, no no one's ever going to watch stuff online and and then netflix is you know <laughs> through the roof and no you wouldn't open a blockbuster there <laughs> you know so mm. it's it's really that's really interesting to think that you, i think like you say you've got to constantly be looking and at blockbuster how you i think i think uh, i read that blockbuster could have bought netflix yeah, or something they, they, did, yeah, yeah, they yeah. turned it down and said no it never worked yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> my my other analogy is is this the iPhone, so I think it's 10, 12 years old. Yeah, yeah. 10, 12 years ago, we were all using Nokia and we were all using, yeah, we were sure. all using um, uh, Blackberries. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, this guy course. came up called Steve Jobs. He said, I got, I'm going to revolution the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, no one no- talks about Nokia anymore. Yeah. No one talks about the, uh, you know, the, the Nokia, the, you know, if you see a Nokia now, it's like, well, it's vintage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. antique. Nokia. No, uh, well, you're right. I, uh, my first phone was a Nokia. Exactly that. Mm. Nokia 83. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're right. And, and I guess that's, that's, that's where people like Steve Jobs, innovation and, and mm. that. And you've got to, I guess, as, like you say, as a business owner, entrepreneur, you've got to constantly be innovating, constantly be thinking about mm. new ideas, how, because you've got to adapt or you you're not going to survive. I'm yeah. guessing, in a got, I think it's, it's a very dynamic process, as mm. I put it, and it's changing all the time. Yeah. And if, remember one thing: businesses don't last forever. Yeah. You know, some of the great businesses that have gone down, you know, you know, you know, this, you know yeah. uh, and they, they, they don't last forever. Yeah, sure. Cool. Well, look, I, I want to move on again. This is something that I, I always delve into on the podcast. We talk about culture again. I know we sort of briefly spoke about it offline. <coughs> so, you know, I, I 
I struggled, I think, when I ran the salon to try and create a, a culture within in there, like a winning culture. But so talk to me a little bit about the, the you know, the culture you created at Ashton's and, and, and what it was like with the team there, how that grew to, mm. and, and did, did over the years, obviously, it, it, again, things changed so much, but was that culture, did that, that, did that change with it or did you have a culture at the beginning that sort of stemmed all the way through the, the journey? I quite often have looked at businesses and shocked at the way people talk to them. My cult, my, I believe that whatever the culture of a business is, it starts at the very top. Mm. It starts with the boss and it works its way down. And um, so my, my, the culture I try to create was, you know, one of the things is people don't say thank you. When people do good, a good job, mm. um, walk around, I used to walk around, not every day, but around my facility with 100 staff, say good morning to everyone. Quite often, you people um, you see directors or bosses walk into them in their offices, don't say anything to anyone. Walk in, shut the door, and then shout for a cup of tea. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, and I I always said thank you to the staff. Yeah. Thank you for your hard work. It's appreciated. And it's not always about the money. And you know, quite often, people said to me, you know what, Lawrence? We've had the managers work for me, and they said, you know, we worked that, we worked our asses off for that. You know, we worked to midnight, and he never even said thank you. You know, and so I nice. believe the culture begins at the top I treated people with respect with compassion you know looked after people uh, as much as I could you know what I mean and as a result of that I look back some of my directors one of the guys I worked with worked with me for 35 years one guy worked for 30 years one guy's there for 25 years and at the I used to have a Christmas party every year even from the very first day we had like four people around the table <laughs> we had a Christmas party and everyone was expected to attend because I think it's the first, it's only once in a year because people were all over the country yeah. could all get together and I could say to the staff thank you for your hard work it's appreciated and also we recognize staff for their for their achievements in front of their peers it's like everyone likes to be to be acknowledged in front yeah. of their peers this is Martin he's been with me 30 years here's your gold pen thank you very much and you remember when we started and all people have been there five years okay. ten years and we acknowledge that we always bought people a very nice pen if they've been there 10 years. Mm. People have passed exams. People have got married, had babies. We'd acknowledge them in a speech that I would do to the staff uh, every year at the Christmas party. That's, that's, that's amazing. And I think, especially like starting, like, you know, back in the 80s and starting a business <coughs> and being around that, I think, cause I, th I do think the narrative's changing slightly, but I think you go back to that period and there. The, the narrative very much like I think to be successful in business you've got to be this ruthless person. No, not at all. And, and I, 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 I personally I don't buy into that narrative, but I, I I think that was something that was was in the past. And I think what's refreshing I guess and, and good, great to hear is that for even back, back starting the business back then that that's been all the way through because ultimately you haven't got to be I guess a, an arsehole as a as a no, absolutely a, not. you as, don't as, win as that a, way as a leader of course not you just want if you ultimately if you're a nice person and a good person you want to treat people how you want to be treated I guess yeah and the other thing is um I remember I, I know you're going to touch on it a bit later um I went to the states because um at one point we th there was a, a we copied an American model mm. you know which I know you're going to talk about later I went to this lecture in Boston uh, this is a guy said how to win business here. I'm going to go to that and I sat at the front and this guy spoke brilliantly and he said don't forget to thank them for the business 
don't forget. And so many people do not do that. You know, I always you know, you know, I have people spending a lot of money with you or not on my I used to say every year, I said, every client a Christmas card, thank you for your business, it's appreciated. And it's so many lawyers, accountants, I mean they're some of the biggest firms we used to spend money with. Not once do they send you a Christmas card to say thank you for the business. And it's you know, little things like that, it goes a long way. And I'll tell you what, what I'm getting as well and what I can take from, from what you've said about, about culture, I guess, in general, but not just the culture that you create with your staff that there, but then the, the, the culture that you lead, that, that level of communication, that level of appreciation for staff, mm. clients, everyone, that filters, that that's that's what I get from obviously speaking to you on a couple of occasions I have, that you're just, you are appreciative and grateful for, for mm. one, their staff-wise hard work, and people like to be part of a winning team. They like yeah, to be. Everyone likes to be part of a successful football team. Yeah. Part of a team. And we were we were good at what we did, and we hope what we try to do is we call we call it a magnet for talent. We try to attract people into the business, and yeah. to attract good people into the business is tough. Yeah. Because yeah, people sure. now look at, look you up. You know what people say about you. Yeah. So you know I think it's um, you know the the cult. It's a very good question, and I I do see cultures. Uh, you know, I, I look at companies. And I'm very happy and trigger happy sometimes to write letters of complaint to cus- to, cl- to companies that I just don't think perform yeah. well. That's, uh, yeah, I think you, I think you're right, and I think because I, I use a sort of football analogy, but I think you're right. People want to be, but you cre- how do you create that winning team? And you go right, okay, I'm going to do, and there's certain things that you've sort of alluded to there, but you've got like I guess. You know, you look at someone like Alex Ferguson and what he achieved at Manchester United and that period. And Alex, and that, Alex that, Ferguson that. said, build the team, yeah. build the dream. Yeah. And it's so true. Whether it's a football... I love the football analogies, yeah, the sporting yeah, analogies, absolutely. because, you know, it's winning and, you know, yeah. we all want to be part of a winning team. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Okay. Um, I want to talk, obviously, you, 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 as like you said, we touched on success, but, you know, you, you have achieved great success and you obviously got to grown a business to, to what you did and, and sold it for you. But looking back, what would you say for you has been your greatest achievement or a sort of career highlight? Would you? Um, <clears throat> many, but one that sticks out in my mind is we doubled the business overnight. So we looked after um, private hospitals, which, yep. is the, which is the the biggest mental health provider in the UK, one of our clients for a long time. We started with one hospital with them. Uh, many years ago, and we, you know, we eventually took on all their business bit by bit. You win it. You don't, they don't give it to you. Yeah, you yeah, win yeah, it because sure, they sure. trust you. And they bought something. They bought another company, and they said to us, um, "We want you to take on forty hospitals uh, in a year. Can you do it?" We said, "Oh yes, of course we can." Then you get out of the meeting and say, "How are we going to bloody do that? How are we going to do it? How are we going to do it?" And we had six months, six seven months to get it organised. Had to go to the bank, borrow some, get some money to buy more stock. We had to employ f- staff. We had to get more phone lines. Yeah. We had to um, get things in place. We brought a consultant in to help organise it all, the, the business plan. Yeah. And on the 6th of August, a few years ago, we pushed the button and we took on another 40 hospitals. It was wonderful. We could see the sales going through the roof. Wow. And it was, wow. took a lot of work, a lot of organisation. And Priory said to us, well done, guys. We weren't sure, but you did a great job. And I think also the investors who bought Ashton's were impressed as well because I said, you know, I said, we, you know, this is what we did. And we grew the business. We doubled it overnight. And wow. growing a business, growth is painful. Yeah, sure. So we had to think of everything to make sure that when we pushed the button on that day that it didn't collapse, that we could cope. 
because I, I guess as well with because generally with business growth it's more um, you know over a longer period of time and you, you grow steadily steadily mm. as you probably have done over the years you grow yeah. a little bit on each year you want to five ten percent and you're growing and growing and growing but to, to we, have that we, opportunity we nearly uh, we nearly doubled we nearly doubled it overnight they gave us a large oh. night emphasis because um, they had the business with someone else and. Uh, a major pharmacy uh, provider in the UK yeah. and they said well unless you do it this way we're not going to do it and they said no fine we'll go to Ashton's go out to Ashton's and we'll ask for them and then we said yes of course we can do it I love that bit I love it and you, yeah. I, I take on business and I've no idea how I'm going to do it <laughs> and, but we found a way to do it but I love that what, what is it then that for, for you as a because how many people would maybe have sat in your position and not had the balls to go like looked at that and gone I don't know how we're going to do Yeah, well, we'll come back to you maybe. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put a plan no, together. We'll we come back said to you. we can do it for you. Don't worry. But well, we had time to get things organised. Yeah, sure, sure, if you sure. said, can you do it tomorrow? It might be a different thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we had six, seven months uh, and we you know, we were planning. And it was it was a very exciting time. And you, you everyone comes together around the table. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I'm But sure. we did it successfully. That's probably my biggest... Uh, you know, success, biggest success uh, with running yeah. Ashton's Hospital, you know, overnight. Wow. That's, that's such a nice problem. By the way, it's a nice problem to have. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. They're the sort of meetings you want to sit in and have that opportunity put mm. in front of you and go in. But it's still, like I say, I guess it's still down to you to go, we can do it. I'll figure it out afterwards, but we're, we're, we I was can, confident we, we could do it. I thought, you know, it's just more of the same, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah It's not yeah, like sure, you're saying something, sure. it's more of the same. The numbers go, like you say, <coughs> you just get in. The just another naught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Right, I want to, um, again, it, it, it's something that we, we always touch on. Again, running a business, sort of said over the years, there's ups and downs and there's, you know, it can be tough. I've, I've, I've experienced some, some tough periods, but um, obviously there are successes, but what that obviously comes, that success, especially to the level that you, you, you've achieved, obviously comes with some sacrifices. But um, can you just look at, over the looking back over the last sort of 40 years, type of work-life balance did you did you have a work-life balance did that work well uh, you know okay well I have a wife and four children same yeah. same wife for, for, for 42 years being yeah. married to Helen and um, I made lots of sacrifices I worked seven days a week yeah uh, I worked every night you know more or less I, I worked at weekends you know you know um, not all the time but right. yes yeah, so I did miss school plays I missed some sports days and you know, I, I and I said to you know, my my answer was that, you know, I quite like this lifestyle. If you want to, we want to do it. There yeah. has to be sacrifices. So yes, you have to make sacrifices. Yeah. There's no easy way. Yeah. There's no easy. Way. So if you don't, if you want to work nine to five, then work nine to five. Yeah. But yeah. if you want to, you know, when, when you're running your own business, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. And if you're not actually physically at the office or whatever, you, I had always had an office at home, yeah. and I'd always be. You know, doing bits and pieces, not all night, no, no, but you know, quite often come home, you know, do my emails, do bits and pieces, and, yeah, yeah. and so I'm ready for the next working day. But d- there are sacrifices for sure. Did you did you find it like again? I, I probably know the answer to this, but because I guess I'm fairly similar. But it's the the like, you can't. I, I find it really difficult to switch off. I think as a business owner, you don't, don't ever really switch off. And I, you know, I speak to a lot of people on here who, who have come on, and they've sort of spoke about mental health and like how important it is to take time out and do. You know, I, I, I just find, I guess, part of me, I love the businesses that I've, I'm involved in, and I do. So, I like spinning plates and being busy and doing what I do. So, 
I, I don't necessarily see it so much as a sacrifice because I enjoy it. And I think you've alluded to that as well. You enjoyed the journey. And I loved it. Loved, yeah, I, I didn't like it. it. I loved it. Yeah, I, I love being in business. I love that. I like, you know, shouting down the phone, at you know, organising things, <laughs> um, taking phone calls, whatever. Uh, but I, I try to... Uh, did you switch off, though? Did you, did you have not times often, where you Not often. Um, you know, some, you know yeah, I, used to, I play tennis. I find that very relaxing. It gets yeah. switched off. I, I'm a big tennis fan. Yeah. Um, go out with the family, do things. I, I had a busy, I've always had a busy life, which I wanted. Yeah. And also, I took regular holidays. I always took regular holidays. You know, you know, every two or three months, I try to go away and do something. And, and when you was out of that, so if you did... No, the phone was still on. Wow. You know, yeah. you can't, you, what, you know, people, you can't, I can't stand it. People, I'm, I never said to myself, don't say I'm on holiday. Just say he's out of the office, can I help you? Yeah. You know, not, I'm not sitting on the beach in Barbados or whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but so people know my business, but of course you're looking at your phone. Someone says, by the way, do you want to double the business? They say, well, I'll get back to you in two weeks when I get back from holiday. <laughs> I never, ever had an out of office on my emails or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I needed to, I do a couple of hours a week in the morning yeah. and I go and sit on the beach. Yeah. See, and then that, that, but, you know, that, you, but that you, for me, I guess it's a... But if you can do a good deal, if you're sitting on the beach, yeah. you know, you're actually, you can do a bit of a deal when you're on holiday, it makes you feel even better. So actually, you're going, well, I can have a drink now. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and I guess that's, that's the point I was going to make, that look, what, what does that work-life balance is uh, such a strange concept, I guess, in a, in a way, because people go, well, work-life balance, yeah, that means that you've got to work... You know, only a few hours a day and four day weeks and stuff like that. But no. ultimately, surely you perhaps had that right in some way because the fact, look, I'm away. I've, I have these regular breaks. I am away from the business. I'm not on my phone nine, ten hours a day when I'm on the beach. But I do a couple of hours mm. here. I make sure I dip in and out and I'm making sure that I'm on top of things. Because I I, I've always done like last 12 years I go anytime I've been on holiday my wife always says to me you always take your laptop why do you always? I said well because if I get up before everyone else is up and I'll do a couple of hours and I'll keep on top of things <coughs> I can relax the rest of the day because I know yeah. I'm on top of stuff yeah, yeah. for me to go away and go well I've got two weeks and then I'm going to go back and open my emails <laughs> and see all the no. stuff just couldn't for I me can't I can't do that I, that's the other thing I couldn't face going back to piles of stuff it takes you a week or two to catch up yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. rather two things you know you're not in, you're not you're replying to things in detail. You're, you're saying yeah, yeah. You're yeah. saying yes or no. Uh, one thing that only <coughs> just because obviously spoke about with other people, but I guess looking back though, you say about like I missed, I, I did sacrifice and I missed, you know, school plays and stuff like. Is there an element of any form of regret for that? Looking back and going, I, I wish I'd been a bit more present at them times or sometimes, hmm. not often. Yeah. I was happy to make the sacrifice. That's the uh, that's the truth. Yeah, I was yeah. happy to make the sacrifice. Yeah. And I guess, I guess then there's the flip side to that, isn't there? The fact that you have made some sacrifices, but you have created a, I'm assuming a very nice life for you and your yeah, family and the I, kids. Yeah, you know, I think so. For my children and my family, we have a comfortable. We, they yeah. have a comfortable lifestyle as a result of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Um, right. So I just want to obviously. So this is something I'm re really fascinated about because I guess you, you're probably the first person to to come on the podcast actually that has got to a stage where mo most of the people I've interviewed and I've spoke to uh, still running their business, they're, they're still in it and stuff. But you've obviously <coughs> got to that stage. You've sold your business. Um, and there's obviously 
when you got to that point, it was back last year, obviously, 2020, um, did you get to that point and there was that sense of sort of achievement and fulfilment at that point? Did you get to, I've, I've done it, I've sat back and I've, I've, I've achieved what I'd set out to achieve? Was there that, that sense of it or? Not really. Um, um, look, I'm, I'm 68. Mm. Um, so I've been in business a long time and I knew I had to sell the business one day. And you just can't sell businesses tomorrow. Mm. There's a lot of planning and housekeeping that goes to selling a business. Yeah. There's a lot of work. So we had a plan and it started really many years ago when I started. As the businesses grow, you start to show above the radar. Mm. So then you start being approached by typically private equity who say, mm. we're looking at healthcare and we, we, can we come and talk to you? And I spoke to a couple of them. I thought, interesting, mm. interesting, because they, they, some of these uh, private equity companies have sold businesses in a parallel market like the dental market. Yeah. But I saw what they did. I thought, well, they sold, they bought it for this, sold it for that. So actually, you know what? I'd do that myself a bit more. Mm. And we also got lucky when we doubled the business overnight. Yeah. So no, when we sold it, it was just turning over just under 20 million. Wow. Wow. Um, with 100, 100 odd staff. And, um, you know, that's a very attractive business for most mid market private equity companies. Yeah, sure. So we, we were, you know, and I had decided three, four, five years before I sold it, I need to get things ready, get my ducks in a row yeah. to sell it, whether I push the button or not. And I'd employed um, a company called EMC that you know yeah, sure, to sure. help me get the business ready and to sell it. And they did a great job. And um, obviously it's hard to push the button. Yeah, sure. And then people start talking to you. And um, the other directors, and I'd set things up that the, the other directors were gonna buy me out in, in, in reality, yeah. and they were gonna continue to run the business. So, and, and I was going to retire, that was my, my story, I was going to retire from the business, because quite often the private actually want you to stay on, and so can you do it? I said, no, I'm out, yeah, yeah. I'm retiring, you don't want me here, you've yeah. got a great team there, you know, you can, you can run with them. So when I sold it, I was very sad actually, and yeah. the thing for me, the most, the thing I took was the money. I took the money. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I put the money in the bank, and that was my sense of achievement, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, do I miss the business? Yes. Do I miss you know, the, the hustle and the bustle of business? Yes. Do I miss the, miss the clients? Yes. Do I miss the staff that I'd worked with for many years? Yes. Wow. That's really my car. This is what I find fascinating. That's why I'm so, I was so delighted when you, you'd agreed to come on, because I, I, I think. For me, there's a, I've read a few books recently, and I, I look at myself, and you know, always chasing you, you, you're following the, this. I'm going to get to that stage of what you want to try and achieve, and what success looks like, and <coughs> how much money potentially you, you'll earn if you sell a business and grow it to that stage. But again, it's back to that 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 thing. I think I've, my mindset's changed slightly over the last couple of years. I'm probably more ambitious than I've ever been, but for different potentially different reasons. It's not that. I'm trying to get to some destination now, which is like, because in my head a few years back, it was like, I want to get to your position. I want to get to a place where I've grown a business that is worth turning over 20 million and I can sell it and I can sit back and go, I've achieved this thing. For me, you're getting, like, you'll get to that stage and go, I've, well, I've, what, am I going to just stop now and I've not done, mm -hmm. like, I, I, I just, I, I think it's really resonating. You go, because ultimately you're, like you said, from a young age, you've always, and I'm sure, like we've spoke a little bit offline, you can tell that your brain is still working, looking at mm. other investments maybe, and mm. because ultimately that doesn't stop, does it? You don't sell that and go, no, oh, um, so, you know. So, it, 
the thing is, it's interesting when you when you when you're running a business, everyone's ringing ring you. When you sold it, and you, even though you put the money in the bank, the phone stops ringing, <laughs> and you're not important anymore. No one wants to talk <laughs> to you because you've got nothing they want. Sure. And I remember meeting this uh, architect in in, uh, in Germany a few years ago, and he was quite a um, you know a prominent architect, and he sold and he retired quite young. And I said, "How do you feel about retirement?" He said, "I'm not important anymore. I, you know, I'm just helping my girlfriend do the rubbish." <laughs> so I said to my wife, "Look at my diary. It's empty." He said, "When you sell, like for me, selling a, a successful business, it's a huge period of adjustment. Yeah, sure. And for sure. both of for your family and for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. And you know, do you rush into another one business? Not really, not really. That rush, and you know, you've got a bit more time on your hands. And uh, you know, and obviously with COVID, we weren't able to travel." Yeah, sure. So sure. haven't been able to travel for nearly, you know, near near enough two years. And I guess that's part. Of, like, I guess in in essence, you sort of you get to, especially like you say, you sort of come to retirement age. Anyway, you get to a point and you go, you know what? Well, I've I've worked very hard for a long period of time, um, and I, I've taken the reward of financially, and I'm in the position, like you say, I guess you want to be, in, <laughs> you can go and sit on the beach without having to think about anything else and, and relax and, and unwind and and do that thing which I guess you haven't been able to but and I guess the other part of it is the fact that it's your baby isn't it you've grown something mm. from like you said that first Christmas party with four staff around the table to a hundred staff mm. by the end of it turning over 20 million and like what an amazing journey what 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 I think is is really inspiring about listening to, to you talk and 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 how you talk about even the success and or, or however that looks is that that you can tell that you love the journey. The journey much more interesting than the destination. Than the destination. People say it's so true. Building a business was very rewarding. Whether you're an architect, you're building a, pro- a big building or you're, whatever you build. Building, yeah. I found building the business from it all the, and it's a struggle because you're all the time you're thinking, well, how can I do this and how do we get around that? And as you grow the business, you've got different challenges. Yeah. As the business grows from a one million to a two million to a four million, it's different challenges and yeah. all the challenges of thinking, how do we do that now? And what do we do here? And we bring other people in. So now we need an HR manager. Yeah. Then we never have one before. And then we need a, someone to look after the IT, the computers. So uh, building the business has been very satisfying. You know, that's, you know. And I guess it's, the, it's that hustle, isn't it? Right from I'm going to buy tyres and, and I'm going to sell them to the, the pharmacy to, you know, half a million turnover to 10 million turnover. All of those bits in between. It's just, it's still the hustle. From the time yeah. it's still the same sort you're of always knocking process. on doors, and yeah. you know, and when you all of a sudden, you know, the more doors you knock on, the lucky you get. Yeah. And when people start, you know, phoning you to give you, go, oh, I used to work here. Do you think you can come and help me? Yeah, it was like it was great. It was very, very reward, very rewarding. Yeah. Not just for the, the financial. The financial thing is secondary because with success comes the money. You know, it's for a byproduct sure. Of it's a byproduct of success. Yeah. But that, you know, it was always the trying to do things well and professionally. You know, in a, you know, you know. It's often I, you know, you see a well-run business. Oh, that's, that's, you know, you might be somewhere wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing. That's a well-run business. Look at that. They got, they got it. They know what they're doing. Not often you see that. No, no, no. I'm sure. I'm sure. That's yeah. But and was you? I know we sort of touched. I just wanted a little bit more. Was was the money never? Was the money a driver for you or not? Yeah, I always wanted. I mean, you know. I'd always made money from the first day I opened my late night pharmacy in '84. It was a yeah. successful business, and even those days, it was making sure. very good money. And I, you know, brought up four children, and you yeah. know, they, you know, 
or went to to, to public school, etc. So, yeah. um, the, the 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 money was. In, don't get me wrong. You know, people say you know money's a dirty word. It's not. Yeah. The money was important to me. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that sure. was that was a driver for me for sure. Well, to okay. earn a bit more money each year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, but actually, just before I move on, actually, I do want to say, see, the, the, although the money is a driver for you, this is what I find really interesting. Money is a driver, and sim- similar as it has, has been for me in the past, the money is a driver for you. But then, when you got to that place where you did sell it and that financial reward was there, like you said, that wasn't the bit. You you almost describe it as a little bit of an anticlimax. It I is. Guess, it is an anticlimax. Because it's the, although you think that's my driver, I'm going to get a great twenty million pound turnover business. That's, you know, I'm going to sell for X million and 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 do what we've done. That that is it. I've got to that point, but that's the anti climate and that's where that's where I fight, fight <laughs> and almost I guess a, a conflict in part. There's got to be a little bit of a drive of of wanting to get more money, but you get to that point at the end, and there's an anti climate because I've well I've achieved I've made the money that I'd set out to achieve or more than I've ever set out to mm. achieve but that's not what's made me happy what's what actually made it, me it happy it made me happy don't get me wrong I don't want to lie to you <laughs> no, I'm, I'm quite sure. happy but I'm in a, you know, I'm in a privileged position that, yeah. you know uh, at the moment and uh, the most important thing really now is to stay healthy yeah, and, and yeah. you know and to enjoy life and, and I'm looking to do something else not full time but I'm looking to do yeah. for the right opportunity something I will enjoy yeah. I think I've got something to give yeah, you know absolutely. lots of years of experience yeah. uh, in business and you know and being, being successful, you know what I mean? yeah, and, you know, course, yeah. if you're making a profit each year and your profit is better than each in the year before, you're successful. You know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, look, that leads us perfectly onto the last. We're sort of coming towards the end. It leads us perfectly onto the last sort of question, really, before the quick fire ones is is what is what does the future hold for Love and Spray? Well, um, I one of the best bits of advice I had was from Nick at EMC. He said. Yeah. Whatever you do, why don't you just get an office away from home? And I set up an office in Hove, which you, you've been yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And nice, yeah. Um, I'm in there once or twice a week, and it's it's a sort of been a saviour for me. I look forward to going in. I have a, a, a you know Nikki, my PA, yeah, who works course, with yeah, me, yeah. and uh, you know st- I'm still half busy. I'm half. I say I'm half busy, and I'm looking at I'm looking at things every month. Lots yeah. of things coming across my desk, but as people know, I'm looking. Yeah. Most I've all said no to all of them at the moment yeah. for various reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and most of the big reason is that if you look at these uh, angel groups that I just can't reconcile the valuations they think yeah. a business making no money is worth 10 minutes well actually it's not if you go to the people who bought my business uh, at Lloyd's Development Capital the, one of the biggest uh, private equity firms and they, they're told you to get lost you know, yeah, yeah, you know sure, so sure, sure. I don't know how people you know, it's the valuations yeah. so but I, I, I'm you know anyone Open out there anyone out there looking for some help or you know yeah. whether I'd be interested yeah. And in the meantime, I'm still looking. I've, yeah. you know, I've got other things going on, but other I investments. Think it's ni- I think it's nice, that, like you say, just to be in that, that almost a luck of what you worked very hard over a long period of time to get yourself in a very privileged position mm. that you are sitting there, and to have the and and just because, like I said, I think what what, what, I, what I love about it is that, and I guess. Uh, I'm putting myself how I'm going to maybe be in, <laughs> in, in 20 sure you years' will. time. Yeah. You, you get to that position yeah. and you sort of think, I'd love to to get that to that position where you've financially secure and, but have them opportunities. Because I still look at, I, I, I guess without that financial security at the moment, I look at still look at life as an opportunity and I still think like if something comes up, oh, I, like, I, I like the, that's yeah. an op- And I think if you're open to that, which as an entrepreneur and you have been over the years, like you said, go back to that meeting, what can we do can you do this yeah i can deliver that 
no problem. We'll turn that around 100% and that doubles your business just because you've got that that open attitude towards growth, mm. that gr- a growth mindset, which is, you know, something I talk about on the podcast a lot. But Growth mindset. Growth mindset. Interesting, yeah. yeah, I guess you just... Uh, that's just a natural thing with inside yeah. you that you've just got a growth mindset that you yes, constantly have, yeah. look at it and go, that is an opportunity. And, and like you said, and that, what's nice as well, you're in that position that right now that the next thing you do invest in or whether it, whether you do or not, but you'll look at opportunities in it and be the right one for you because you haven't got to rush into it. You yeah, I don't have to rush. And also I'm looking for something that I want enjoy. to do and enjoy yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and the company's right. I've looked at quite a few, but it yeah. hasn't quite worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. that's also quite enjoyable, looking at different options. Yeah, and, of course. And seeing, yeah. Because that's what, I guess that's the one thing that you, you want from financial success is the fact that it gives you options. That's, yeah, what, that's what we want in life. It does. Like to, you have choices. You have choices, life, yeah. yeah. You, do, yeah. you can handle it on. Yeah, and I think that's, that's, what's, uh, that's what's really interesting. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. Well, um, well look, we, we cut, as, as always, we sort of finish off with a, with a couple of quick-fire questions. So um, I'm just going to... First one, what, what advice would you give to a young entrepreneur or someone wanting to start their own business? Um, don't be afraid to fail. I mean, obviously, you don't want to lose your house yeah, yeah. or lose your shirt. But I think don't be afraid to fail. A lot of people I, I meet in life, and I've got some very good friends, and uh, a couple of good friends, and they were quite high up in the PR industry, mm. financial PR. And I said to them, why don't you do it on your own? Yeah. So why don't you do this on your own? Because you're, you know, and, and the both of them have done it on their own. They're making 10 times more than they were. Thanks, Lawrence. You know, yeah. they do it on their own. And so, you know, a lot of people are afraid to go into business because they're afraid of failure or they don't want to lose, the, you know, they lose their house Risk, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I had my house on the line with the bank. The bank, you know, said, you, if you want to borrow the money, Lawrence, to, to grow your business, we want your house. I said, here's my house. So wow. it gets you out of bed in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets you out of bed to pay the, you know, to make sure the bank's paid back. So uh, what advice? Um, you've got to be able to, you've got to have a, a vision, yeah. You know, you've got to look for an, an angle, uh, and I don't mean that in, a, in the wrong way, but you need an angle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, vision and innovation, you know, the key words. You, yeah. the key, you know, you don't want to keep doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. And an entrepreneur, and it's the, there's no the one. The last thing is, there's no uh, secret about success. Whatever it is in life, it's hard work. Hard work. And there's a book out there about you know, successful people all have the same habits by Covey, and it's so true. Successful bit. I mean, look at Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. He's 36 years old. Yeah. He's saving Manchester United. I like the football analogies. Yeah, or course, Roger Federer. Do you think he doesn't work hard? Of course yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. You know, Djokovic. These guys have, win, have won 60 majors in 10 to 50, last 15 years. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And it's down to hard work yeah. and graft and, dr- and drive and ambition. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I, it's something that, I, you know, I certainly want to try and instill with my kids and that. Because like, my, my, my parents were not so much, on, weren't very entrepreneurial. So I, don't, I often wonder where that comes from in me. But what they did teach me was a strong, they were both very hard workers, my mum mm. and dad. They had a strong, really mm. strong work ethic. And they really instilled that at a very young age. Like, so that I would, you know, if I wanted to earn a £10 note, then, yeah, I'd go and clean the car. Or I'd do my mum's And I, I helped uh, a friend, a friend's friend, a friend's son um, set up a business. I won't say who what, what it is. And he, and he set it up. And the next thing I know, he's on holiday for two weeks. I mean, he just set up a business. He can't be on holiday for two weeks. <laughs> oh, no, I can run it from the beach. So can you? We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's difficult. So you, you answered a couple of it, I guess, in there. But I just, finally, the, the last one, just the 
the, the three key traits that you think a good business person needs? Um, to well, I think um, it's hard, it's hard work for, yeah, for, for work sure. Ethic, yeah. Work work ethic, um, vision. Be prepared to fail. Yeah. Failure is not a bad thing. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter if you if you fail, as long as you don't lose your house, house or whatever. Yeah, 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 you know, sure. you fail. Not you know. No, nine out of ten businesses will fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was in the pharmacy business, and I knew that everyone needs their drugs. Yeah. You know, and I'm opening a late night pharmacy. I knew that people needed. I knew that people wanted access to medication yeah, sure. out of hours. Yeah. If your kid's screaming at home and they need the cowpole, well, yeah. or one of your kids got an infection, you need some antibiotics. Yeah. The amount of people who just you know come to oh thank God you're a lifesaver. I'm all over yeah, this sure, sure. And be selective and picky. One other thing is. Be selective and be picky about your advisors. Okay. I, I they're very interesting with lawyers and accountants. You know, I've had a few run-ins and had to sue a few of them uh, over the years. You know, you often, quite often, think they're looking after your best interests. Sometimes, not all. Sometimes they're not. Yeah, sure. Sometimes sure. they're not. So be very picky because you do need advice from lawyers and accountants yeah. about how to run your business properly and legally yeah. and within within the proper. You know financial constraints so be picky yeah sure that's really good i guess like you say so uh, again uh, look, this just links back a lot i guess to the whole culture thing for, for you and you're surrounding yourself with good people so people you employ your clients you work with all of that type of thing absolutely but it back. takes time to build a team so yeah, you have sure. to you know it's like it's exactly like the football team you have yeah. to get rid of a few people and yeah, bring better people in and they yeah. don't and then as businesses change as the business grows the other thing is quite often it outgrows some of the you know your best staff you think yeah. actually you know what that person there, she can't do that job anymore. Yeah, sure. So we have to bring better people, and you have to manage that as well. Yeah. Because you've got to bring better people in. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Lawrence, look, uh, you've got a wealth, obviously, of knowledge. I'm sure that there'll be, uh, hopefully, a lot of our listeners will listen out and 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 maybe reach out to you because would would love yeah. to, to, to sure. more advice. Because I think. Um, it's, as I knew it would be like the f- first time I sort of met you and listened to you do the talk it was really inspiring and, in- and fascinating and, I, and you know someone I look to and, and certainly it's been a real pleasure to get to know you a little bit more and thanks ever so much for coming on the podcast and, and sharing your journey with us and um, I hope you get away on holiday and uh, mm. and enjoy some time away I know thank you're you. going this evening I believe I am I'm going out this evening going flying out this evening but Amazing. Sam absolute pleasure thank you for having me Brilliant. thank you very That's much excellent thank you 